Welcome to the Business Sphere. On this podcast, we want to share real stories and real struggles from entrepreneurs who have been where you are. John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover their successes and challenges. We take a deep dive into their journey and provide you with tips and advice to help your business today. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Sphere. Don't forget to share this episode and subscribe. My guest today is author and motivational keynote speaker, Kaylin Ellsbury. After surviving over 70 hospitalizations, Kaylin has devoted her life to helping others achieve impossible goals. Thanks for being on the show today, Kaylin. Thank you so much for having me. I think we're going to have a very fun, upbeat show. You listeners, get ready to dial it in because today's going to be amazing. Well, I'm excited and honored to having you as a guest. Um, So I would love to maybe ask you to share with the listeners that don't know who you are already a little bit about your backstory and how you got started in this world. Yeah, I mean, so really the thing that most people are curious about is I'm 34 which uh, normally women don't like to lead with their age uh, or their weight. (laughs) But basically, I lead with that because I'm one of the oldest and fittest people in the world with a condition known as cystic fibrosis. So you alluded to it in the introduction, but I have survived over 70 hospitalizations ranging from two nights to as long as six months with the average being about 14 days. Uh, And in those hospital walls, I was aware that maybe I'll never have a traditional career, right? I was a corporate recruiter. I loved recruiting, but I just couldn't hold down a job. And rather than play video games or watch TV inside the hospital, I decided to learn anything and everything I could about business because to me, it was one of the most exciting last frontiers, right? We've pretty much discovered most of the world, um, but we haven't discovered what's possible in business. And through those experiences during that time in, I started my company, the MK Foundation, and started really working with other companies on peak performance and basically improving the mindset and teaching mindful leadership practices to help people survive their tough times. Because it doesn't necessarily matter if you're surviving a night in the hospital or a very difficult conversation in the boardroom, the principal emotions are the exact same. That's amazing. And I know these are probably some um, questions that you always face during these conversations, but if you don't share, mind sharing with the listeners, like, were you born with this condition? Um, how did you figure out you had um, this condition, disease? And is there something like that the doctors has given you to see if this is the life you're going to always have, like this condition, precondition, or um, will it eventually subside? Yeah, so it's an interesting world. Um, I can always recommend people pick up the book Breath is Salt if you really want to nerd out on this. It's about 400 pages, and it's honestly one of the best books I've ever read on cystic fibrosis, but it's genetic. So both my parents had a copy, and I was the 25% a chance to actually get the disease. So I was born with it. I've never known anything any different for six months of my life. We're in the neonatal intensive care unit. And, you know, the prognosis, it depends on your mutation. I think there's over 1800 mutations. I happen to have the most common one. And, you know, if you asked me that question five years ago, I would not have had such an upbeat or optimistic answer on the prognosis um, because basically it was end stage, which means I was in the realm of looking at a lung transplant, 
Um, on a good week, my lung function was 34%. And the infections were so riddled with mucus that, you know, walking to a car was a challenge. I had a walker at one point. Um, but there have been some amazing discoveries, pharmaceutical discoveries in the last just few years uh, that have helped to rewrite some of the genetic codes. So I can say, you know, it's been about six months since my last hospitalization, which is one of the longest stints I've ever had. Uh, and I'm in a really good, healthy place. I train as a dancer um, on my off time. So like I am, <laughs> it's a different world than it was five years ago. So I never want to touch on the prognosis or like the life expectancy portion, just because everything in science has been rewritten recently with this condition. Wow. I mean, yeah. living with a condition <laughs> like that uh, must be very difficult for you to stay positive, upbeat, but also like, like you mentioned, hold down a job and career, stay connected with people close to you um, because they don't really get it perspective wise. They don't understand what you have to go through. So along those years, I'm sure um, family has been really close, some close friendships, I'm sure, but it's very difficult, right? To, have to live through it without a lot of people understanding what you're going through. So were you able to like form communities, form groups, learn about how to cope with people very similar living with the same disease as you do um, so that you can, can all bring share and kind of work things out together. I mean, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, and you know, it's interesting. One of the things that I always maybe wish I did more of was get involved in the community, uh, and get to know more about others with cystic fibrosis. I've got a couple great friends that have it outside of that. I mean, honestly, like it sounds weird, but I didn't want to associate. Um, I personally wanted to associate with members of like YPO Vistage entrepreneurs organization. So I took almost, you know, a a blind eye towards the condition um, because I didn't want that to be my entire life. And I didn't want that to be my sole purpose in the world was to say I survived something health challenging because we all have health challenges at the end of the day. And the other thing is like, I've never known anything different. Um, for me, it's funny. I, I look at entrepreneurs and I look at business people and like, they don't take the time to just sit and think, right? Uh, I mean, outside of Napoleon Hill and the book behind you, but like, they don't take that time. And here I am every couple of months spending two weeks in an isolation ward, um, similar to what everyone goes through with COVID, where it's like, it's just one person in a room, you know, you get your food passed in and that's it. And in those two weeks, all I had was time to just sit around and contemplate things. Uh, and so I didn't notice anything different. I didn't think it was anything weird. I didn't think it was anything too tough. Sure. I mean, I don't like being poked and prodded, but like, I kind of started in a weird way after hospitalization 40, right? Um, being like, okay, what are we going to do with this? And it's, I don't, I don't know if that necessarily answers your question per se, because like, I just didn't associate with the CF community much. Um, and now that I'm older and I'm starting to feel a lot better, I'm starting to get more involved, but like, it was such a disconnect for me, um, personally. That's amazing. And I love yeah. hearing, um, stories like this because it's not how you, you know, compared to others, and you watch how things evolve, you're actually a doer, you're active, you're progressing, you're growing, you're learning, you're taking these risks and challenges. And that's what life is about, right? Like as an entrepreneur, yeah. business owner, you're gonna make the most of every situation, you're not gonna sit back and wait for things to happen to you. 
And if that's what you're looking for, then go get a job, go get, uh, you know, be an employee somewhere. But with business owners, we're a little different breed. We actually want to make change, right? We, we're the transformation of all local communities, really, because we're, we're the ones that support and enhance people's lives. So I love that. Um, so let's take a step back a little bit. Um, and I would love to sh- find out a little bit about your earlier career. So you mentioned you were a recruiter. Um, why recruiting? And how, how did that transform to you taking on this new challenge? Yeah, recruiting is interesting. Uh, so it's actually, recruiting is one of those jobs, like nobody's sitting there, you know, in sixth grade and the teacher comes over and says, what do you want to be? And you're like, I want to be a recruiter. Like that doesn't happen, right? Uh, and so for me, I was living in Iowa and I decided to drop out of college. I, I was spending so much time in the hospital. I just didn't think I'd ever live long enough to pay off the student loan debt. So I'm like, I'm out. And I picked, you know, when you're desperate, you're like, well, where are you going to wind up? And for me, I was like, well, let's go to the happiest place on earth. And I don't even love Disney, but I was like, I'm moving to Orlando. Uh, and really, no one would hire me without a degree. So I just started cold calling on companies. And I got a job at a financial services firm. And I was amazed, but I didn't really like it. And uh, nothing wrong with that company. For those of you going on LinkedIn and figuring out who it is. Uh, I didn't really like it, though. And I found out that you could get more money if you recruited people to work for them and there was no cap on the commissions in addition to your day job. Uh, And that basically led me to a couple of different companies doing some recruiting work uh, and eventually quitting my career with the financial services industry Um, because it was commission heavy, yet it was a cushy corner office. You know, it was everything you want when you're 22, right? (laughs) Um, And I remember the CEO said I wasn't qualified and I was like, cool, I'm going to just sit in your lobby until you give me that interview. And I did not move for like four hours. (laughs) So it was, it was amazing. And I I still, to this day, I'll recruit for my fiance's company um, just because it is, it's such a piece of my heart to be able to connect people with something that they've dreamed about. Cause I didn't know if I'd ever be able to work. Right. And so to give someone that opportunity, it's, it's one of the most challenging and rewarding things uh, that I've ever experienced. And I, I, I love every second of it. That's great as a, a career path because you have no salary, no real cushy, um, you know, wage that you can fall on, right? Like when you're commission only, you're driven to make sure you fulfill your needs, basic needs of shelter, yeah. food, um, survival, right? And then when you are able to do that, then you can realize like, there's a lot more opportunity, abundance out there. Yeah, and it allows yeah. you to really think on your feet, make career move choices, and allows you, I think sales has been the best skill set in any entrepreneur. Um, and I, I was doing advertising sales for 10 years before I started my agency. And it was by far the best life experience I could hands down associate to the success of my company who, and I've been, you know, at it for over nine years. So for me, it's like, if you had to learn, learn how to pitch, promote, talk to others, communicate, listen, observe, like 
figure out like these intangible skills. A lot of people don't even talk about sales because they're afraid of rejection, objections, like unknowns, right? But if you're able to think quickly on your feet, it's going to make you so much more employable, uh, prosper as a business owner and likable at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, sales, I'm so passionate about sales. It's insane uh, because I mean, my second book, I don't know what all you've gotten the links, but my second book was something called Unstuck Yourself. And it's essentially a neuroscience-based playbook for up-and-coming salespeople to really learn the things that, about how their mind works so they can succeed in that field. And it's interesting about at least once a week, I have somebody that I don't know reach out to me on social and say, you know, hey, I really want to follow in your footsteps for your business, um, you know, doing the speaking and the writing and hosting uh, the Mindful Leadership Workshops what do I do? And it's almost like they want a key to this lifestyle. But what they don't understand is you might have a beautiful story to tell. And I don't want to discredit any listener who has a beautiful story to tell of how they've survived something. But 99% of my day has nothing to do about my story and everything to do with my ability to write, sell, pitch and build quality relationships that may or may not result in getting to speak to that company. So it's not just, you know, tell your story. It's, you know, learn the business, learn the salesmanship, learn the the way in which you can communicate with somebody else that essentially, I don't want to say gets them on your side, but finds that mutual cohesion. And so I'm incredibly passionate about all things sales and selling because I, I don't think any business owner would be where they are today without the ability to sell their ideas to someone else. Yeah. And you hit it on the nail, right? Like a lot of people want to get, find that golden egg solution, but don't want to put in that time and effort and work right yeah. behind the scenes. And just like how you are successful, it took you many years and it could be five, 10, 20 years of constantly doing these habits and mm-hmm. training and learning and making so many mistakes over the years. But when you're now that author or speaker and everyone wants to be like you, they don't want to put in that 10 years, 20 years. And I always associate to athletes. And over the weekend, mm-hmm. there was NBA All-Star Game. And, you know, you look at the greatest of greats, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, whoever it may be. No one talked to about when they were 5, 10 years old, mm-hmm. spending 12-hour days in coaching, training, eating well, like putting in the time in the gym. And then, you know, trying to get recruited, putting in those extra hours, and they've sacrificed friendships, relation, birthday parties, all these gatherings, but now they are a success and everyone wants to be like them, but mm-hmm. they don't want to do the work, right? So it's very similar in business um, where, you know, everyone's talking about Jeff Bezos or, you know, all these Tim Cooks, whoever it may be, like these big um, guys, and they're like, well... Nobody talked about them when they were 15, 10 years old or 20 years old. And then they started doing what they did for 20 years to then kind of be who they are today. You know what I mean? Like no one really talks about their history and story. They just want to be like them. Yeah. Kobe Bryant, it's interesting you bring this up. Um, So one of my coaching programs of an amazing soul. So hopefully she's tuning in now. She knows who she is already. And one of the assignments I gave her was to watch a video of his called the life advice. And it was before anybody knew who Kobe was. Right. And he had just gotten drafted and he had said that every single decision he makes in every day 
has to satisfy this question. And the question was, is what I'm about to do, is the choice I'm about to make going to make me a better ball player? Check box. And if the answer is yes, he would do that, whether that's go to the gym for an extra or, you know, deciding what he eats for his diet or which, you know, plays to study. Um, and if the answer was no, then he just, it was very simple. Don't do that. And so as we talk about business and we talk about scalability and we talk about salesmanship, all of these things, the answer is always to your true north, right? Um, is what you're doing going to grow your company in this moment? Is this podcast going to satisfy your needs for, you know, a, a larger reach? So if it is, awesome. Check box. If it isn't, pivot. And it was just such a profound moment when I rewatched that um, because so often in our day-to-days, you know, we can talk whether it was my health or my business, um, is what I'm doing going to set me up for the success of my future, right? Check box. And when you have that kind of, when you have that amount of clarity in your life, you're the name that people then ask how you did it. And I thought there was such a beautiful point that Kobe made. And, and it doesn't have to be a superstar, at that caliber to make an impact. It'd be someone in your little circle, like family, friends that you aspire and look up to, right? And having clarity, like you mentioned, mindset, making sure that you have these mini goals and hopefully the the values that you portray moving along in life are very core to what you're all about. Because if it's offlinement, and I always talk about guide and I always talk about like making sure that everything is in alignment in life, mm-hmm. in your lifestyle, in the choices you make, because as an entrepreneur, you're going to get thrown a ton of different pitches, sales, whatever, different ideas all constantly. And you have to decide what you want to do with the given time that you have, with the people you want to resonate with, with the clients that you want to serve and help, with the products and services that you want to put into the marketplace. Like these choices are so critical to the demise and success in your business life, right? 100%. And even with the people that you connect with, how you perceive yourself, how do you put yourself out there, like, like in PR, like if you're speaking, and how people are gonna judge you, right? Um, all these are tied into your persona. And it's the overall picture. So being being clear on why you're doing what you're doing, does it get you closer to what you want to become like the greatest best of that given career path. Um, But also choices, right? Like, depending on where you're at in your life, you have to make decisions. If family comes first, you have elderly parents, you know, financially, you're at a different stage, like these choices and decisions everyone has to make. um, It's hard. And as an entrepreneur, like, nine years ago, I was at a different stage. Now I'm a little bit different. So as you mature into every situation in business, you have to also reflect, sit down and put together different goals moving forward as well. 100%. And, you know, it's interesting because like a lot of people occasionally reach out. Um, I don't have, you know, the SEO presence. I'm sure you do, but a lot of people occasionally reach out. And my first thing is, do you know your unconscious core values, right? So and a lot of that, I've got my master's prep in something called neuro-linguistic programming. So I went all out on that in hypnosis. Um, all studied from the hospital. Because <laughs> what else are you going to do? And uh, it was interesting. Like, once I found out my unconscious core values, like, it made it so freaking simple to decide what to align myself with. 
right? And it was just such an interesting tool. And, you know, most people, they sat in a room, probably, you know, if they're business owners with bond a million in assets, they sat in a room with some consultant, probably recommended from ADP, who said, what are your values? And you pick words that sound pretty to you, and then you put it on the plaque and you say, this is it. Um, but the reality is, is like, we can make up words that make us feel a certain way all day long. Um, but if it's not your primary operating system, you're going to have internal conflict and internal conflict, as you know, from the bookshop behind you, leads to external conflict, which is never good for our teams and growth. Uh, but it's, it's such an integral part to know what your guiding compass is and how to make your decisions. Um, so I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. So I, I'm going to ask you, um, were there people instrumental to, to how you turned out? Like right now, it seems like you're in a good place. You understand what you need to do, have this mental clarity, understanding because you've read a lot, you've lived through quite a lot of turmoil and, you know, challenges in your life. Like, were there people that you can really associate to that change like psychologically or pivotal moments in your life that you wouldn't mind sharing, Caitlin? Yeah. I mean, so what's, what's great about that question is I hope every listener has these people in their corner. Right. Um, but also I want to share that your people, <laughs> Okay, this can sound really dumb, so work with me. Uh, I have what I call a board of directors of my life. And some of these people are not even alive. Um, but you talk to them as if they are, right? So when you go and do your meditation, that's really part of mindful leadership is get the advice from people who've been there and you'd be amazed what your mind can show you. But for living, um, there's four that immediately came to mind. My mom and dad, of course, um, to watch my mom's work ethic. You know, she worked third shift just so she could visit me in the hospital and she this is in Iowa. So it was like a hundred miles away was my hospital. So she'd work third shift, drive, sleep in the patient chair, take care of me, drive back to her you know, job. It was just, it was maddening to watch how she does. And then she'd negotiate with medical billing companies. Um, so like my mom was, it, it's such an integral soul. My dad, um, I, he never read me princess books. Uh, sometimes I'm like, you know, dad, you can read me Cinderella. It's okay. Um, but instead he'd bring Selling Power magazine to the hospital. And we'd read sales books because he was a territory rep for a while. Uh, and that's what helped pay for the medical bills. Um, I wouldn't be anywhere without my fiance and I'll cry on that one. Uh, we're getting married in October. And, you know, he and I met, when we met, I lied about my condition. <laughs> we met online. So I was like, I'm going to just bury this until he started to Google me because he figured out my spelling of my name was weird. And he types in K-L-Y and Google filled in the rest, right? Um, and, you know, he's the one who taught me a lot about business. Uh, he's the one who invested in me. I mean, I didn't even have, I was on social security for goodness sakes and stage. And he invested in a lot of mind, mindset, leadership type coaching, um, you know, NLP, hypnosis, like, and he paid my way for a lot of it just to help me. And then I've got a really good friend also with CF um, who happens to be very successful as well, not just financially, but from a family standpoint. Um, and the two of us are, you know, besties. So we'll sit there and we'll have conversations about how do we get through this treatment or what are we doing, right? So I've kind of got those four in my life. And if it, if it weren't for those four, there's not a shot in the world, I would even be able to chat with you today. I don't, I don't think I'd be alive. I really don't. And that's so important. And I love, mm -hmm. thank you for sharing this because 
there are people in every single person's lives that are making a difference and and keeping you going, wanting you to succeed and have larger goals than you even believe you do have, right? Like you got to push yourself, you got to challenge yourself and you got to find these people, but they're probably really close to you and they want the best out of what you're capable of because they see something that you don't even see in yourself. So I love you sharing that. Um, And, you know, even through all these different um, people that you've been able to work with and give you guidance, um, were there moments that you kind of wanted to give up? Because, you know, going to the hospital so many times, these people kept you going, kept you alive, kept you motivated to overcome whatever you're dealing with. Um, Were there moments of like, I just want to let it be, right? Or were they always there to kind of keep you motivated to see what the goals are like you're, you're to see you succeed in the future? Yeah, it's interesting you asked that. So we do little pity party festivals, right? <laughs> um, so and it's interesting. So a couple of so dumb. So I mentioned earlier, this has a point, by the way, but it's a long answer. So work with me. Um, I'm, I, I love dance. You know, I spend 10 to 15 hours in the studio a week. Um, and I wasn't always healthy enough to be able to dance, right? Um, so when my lungs started getting improved and I could start to move again and dance again without coughing, it became a big part of my identity. And it seems almost conflicting because, you know, she's a businesswoman who dances on the side. Like, yeah, but it's just who I am. And ironically, a couple of days ago, after a really big soloist performance, I fell walking down the stairs after class and I hurt my foot. And it's in a boot on crutches right now. And it was interesting. I reached out to all the people in the world. I reached out to my mom and I was like, here's the deal. I'm a complain for one day. Like, let me have this. <laughs> I'm going to blow up your phone with the woe is me. And I can't believe this happened. And what is God trying to do in my life right now? Like, I love working out. I love dance. I finally got my health back. And then there's a chance that it's like a type of fracture that needs surgery. And it was just like, you know, F you world, if you will. <laughs> and so my network, you know, those core four, um, the core four was basically like, yeah, you can complain, like have your day. I, I might have had wine at like one that day. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? The next day happens and it's like, I let the emotion out. I honor the emotion. We don't play that game anymore. And so I've never wanted to give up because in the moment, you know, I, I, I recognize the emotion I want to have and I allow myself to have it. It's no different than at night. You know, if you want a brownie, eat the freaking brownie. Just don't eat 25 of them, you know, and you're fine because being human means going through emotions. And what a beautiful thing it is that we can experience what it's like to cry or to be down or to want to give up. But set a timer on it and it can be one day, it can be 25 minutes, it can be whatever works for you. But let your core for know. I don't need your advice. I don't need your help. I just need you to help me talk about how horrible this is because tomorrow is going to be a new day. And then that's in the past. And so that's kind of how we figure that out. And that's, it's very interesting. You're saying that because you're self-aware to have control over changing perspectives and changing the state you're in. 
A lot of people don't have that self-awareness and control. They will vent and all they're going to do is keep calling other people that are willing to listen to them. And then they get, so these friends or people, peers are going to get frustrated because they're very, I guess, not positive and they're constantly very, you know, negative throughout this duration, but they never switch to say, look, my actions have got led me to where it is today. How do I make these subtle changes to change the scope of moving to a positive direction, right? Like a lot of people aren't even aware that they're doing what they're doing to then make a pivotal change. Like you're so self-aware, knowledgeable, insightful, have a, a group of surrounding people to allow you to make that pivot right then and there. And there's only so many people in this world that's able to do that. And that's why you're in the position where you're at. Versus a lot of people that want, wish to be where you're at. Hopefully that makes yeah. sense. And I mean, so, and I didn't know there was anything weird about that, right? Like, I didn't know that that wasn't a skill others had. Um, and not even that it's a skill, but like, that's just a thought, you know? And so that's really what inspired me to create the Mindful Leadership Series. Because, like, if we can be aware of, like, hey, let's have a pity party. Let's, let's just quit for the day, like you know, a career ending industry when I just injured and I just got back into it, something I'm insanely passionate about. Like, yeah, that warrants quitting for the day. Like that warrants giving up for the day. Right. Um, but then we're going to order. It's funny. I ordered a weighted vest online to do sit-ups on because like the ankles, bum, but like the rest of me doesn't need to be. And so that's really things like that is why the mindful leadership series started to take off because what if executives were aware of the patterns they're running consciously or unconsciously throughout their teams? And it was such a big eye opener for me that some of the quirkier things I do <laughs> might be able to help others. And therein lies the beauty of everything I've been through, right? So you know it because you're, you're equally as well read, but like the, the struggles we're going through, the traumas, the challenges led us to a realization that can then help someone else. And it was just like, whoa. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's context and perspective. And I, I think you nailed it because a lot of people aren't aware because they're at a different stage and they feel that everyone they're touching should be at their same level. But in reality, everyone as at, is at different levels of their life, right? Different business stage, business uh, life stage, right? Like, it's just interesting to see. Um, so tell, tell me, so how long have you been at this uh, new venture of yours, um, this mastermind that you, you mentioned? And how has it been? Because I would love to hear you share uh, with the listeners, like, what do you look for? How has, you know, the growth been during this pandemic? And um, what are you most excited about, really? Yeah, so it was interesting. Um, as I mentioned in, in, in briefly, explained, I was on Social Security Disability. So, you know, the system is not set up for people to be inspired to succeed. It's set up to get your little 1100 a month and stay in poverty and in poverty become impoverished, right? And the system isn't designed for ambition. And that sucks because the sickest people out there, the reason they provide assets to any corporation is because from sickness, from trauma, from challenges is when innovation happens, right? And you can look back at your own life and think about when you innovated your business. And it's like, it probably came from some really tough times. 
So I have this little rant about how, you know, the best talent in the world probably isn't given the opportunity to showcase their talent um, because being sick, people think you have to be healthy to do something. And then the system keeps them down. It doesn't encourage them to sprout up. So I finally was able to get out of social security disability and start my business. And every freaking person, attorneys, everyone was like, nope, stay in the system, stay in the system. And I was like, I can't, you know, I'd rather die and try than be this person. It just wasn't for me. And I started talking a lot about what it was like for CF and what it's like to go past your traumas. And I had just made it per se. So it was right before the pandemic and I had 72 on the books ready to go speaking gigs for the year. And then COVID happened and I was actually at a retreat in Hawaii. So we were on total lockdown um, and I lost literally everything again. And it was heartbreaking because I thought to myself, I should have stayed in the system. I really honestly thought that. And that was when I got really pissed off and through anger also creates results for me. And I wrote Unstuck Yourself. And that book created the leap to talking to organizations for me because organizations want to grow their sales during a pandemic, but they also want to empower their people. And whether it's empowering you to get off the system or empowering you to grow your pipeline, same principles apply. And so then through some of the consulting gigs that were blessed to come my way, I was able to supplement my income outside of those 72 speaking gigs and do some executive coaching, consulting for sales teams. And I found out that there's amazing people in sales professions that just don't have mental awareness or mental acuity to keep going. And that was really what launched the Mindful Leadership Series. And so it's a keynote. It's also a workshop. It's also a 12-month coaching program for executives where I basically teach them the secrets of mindfulness and how to use that as leverage based on what I learned in the hospital walls. So, you know, like I mentioned, this very first step is what are your unconscious core values and what's your vision? And does it align with what that chick from ADP said it should be? And then from there, it's an actual roadmap. Like, all right, these are the things you need. And we teach, you know, breathwork tools. We teach yoga tools. We teach all these tools and tactics to help the organization. Because I don't even know if you know, but I mean, gosh, I think it's 800. No, it's 120 billion a year is spent in something called pre-absenteeism, which means that the workforce itself is having a sick day that isn't necessarily a sick day just because they mentally can't cope right now. And I combined, you know, living in hospitals with mindful leadership practices for employee wellness programs. And that was when the business, so COVID was actually pretty good for me now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that answered the question. It was really long. Oh, that's, that's, that's kind amazing. of where it came from. That's amazing because you're able to pivot, change, understand your strengths, understand where you can take your skills to the next level, hit a persona an avatar that can satisfy your skill set with a desire for them to up level and you create a business out of it. And I love that. And that's where a need comes, right? A lot of people are forced to make changes in their lives. So that it be first career choices, movement away from family and friends, um, you know, sacrifice, right? And 
just to give you a backstory, my my parents came from Vietnam during the war, and I I was yeah. the first child in Canada. So they sacrificed not knowing the language and knowing anyone to come to Canada to have four children. Like we raised four children, and no real support system, no language. Like they sacrificed everything for us. So yeah. I understand what that need, desire, and sacrifice is all about to then endure everything that I do for the family type business owners, because that's the root of why I do what I do to support these hard working individuals that are doing what they are there to do for their family, nothing else. Right. And so I understand from the upbringing that my parents had um, and sent down to all the children. So I, you know, I understand where you're coming from because the pain that you had to endure for going to the hospital, living through a lot of these challenges, having your mom come working multiple jobs to even just spend time with you. Like there were moments I didn't even know we had food. Like we were surviving. It was crazy. But these are things that you look back and reflect that not a lot of people can understand because they're living a, in a more comfortable kind of lifestyle um, that maybe their parents were able to pass on, down to them. So not everyone can do what we are doing, uh, Kaylin. Mm-hmm. And I love that story that you you brought out. Yeah. And likewise, it's, it's interesting too, because you've been talking for, I don't know, like 40 minutes now. And I can really see it in your eyes too, what a profound impact it had for your life. Like, and, and what an amazing role model. I'm sure as you go about your day, whether it's your own family or the employees you work with, um, but just kind of reteaching the lessons that your parents taught you over and over again, because your entire body just shifted in that story. And it was a beautiful thing to experience with you. Yeah. And then having that clarity, like the people yeah. that I really want to support and help are on with the same values, culture, the same people resonating. And we have fun. Like these are things that I look forward to. It's not really work when you actually enjoy what you're doing. It feels yeah. like you're. I'm running a, a kind of family run business from different kind of all walks of lives, but we are all in the same kind of goal, right? And the same values. And it's so much fun when everyone's embodied in the same sort of values. Um, So I, I don't know, it's like life, right? You kind of resonate with people and they see what you're all about and they want to join you and it's fun. So, um, and sometimes it doesn't even, I don't know about you, but sometimes it doesn't even feel like work. Like this morning was a great example. I woke up in my coffee. I attempted to do yoga with one foot, uh, not, not my greatest. And, uh, it was just funny. I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I should, uh, do something on the computer to feel like I'm in a job. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I think that that's kind of one of the beautiful things that both our parents taught us is pursue your own path. And it might not look like what you originally thought uh, you might move across the world. <laughs> you might be really poor. Um, but but what's the alternative? And sometimes the alternative of staying where you are is so painful that you can't not make that switch. So I love I love that. And and I love the fact everyone has 24 hours in the day and you have to make the most out of it. And there's times that you want to complain, you can yeah. sulk, you're gonna, you know, regret all the things that you did previous days, but what are you going to do to make changes closer to that goal that you have in mind, right? For that day, that month or year, whatever it is. And every day I I look at, I only have fixed amount 24 hours. I want to spend time with my family. I want to 
stay healthy. I got to grow my business. And I want to take care of my people, right? Absolutely. And all these things are so important if it means a lot to you. And so therefore, yeah. you need to figure out what's important in your life, who's important, and how do you move it closer to your goals. And yeah. if you understand how to do that and navigate and be present and have clarity and have those gut values that you talk about, like, it's interesting to see the transformation that you start having and the impact that you're having on the people because they see that you're making changes to your life and they're happier to be associated to you, knowing you, spending precious moments with you. So all these things are like that ripple effect. It's like that business owner mentality of word of mouth referrals. When you know you're a solid person and you resonate with those values, people want to associate with you. So you got to stay stuck with those values that really mean a lot. Yeah. And most people, you know, it's interesting. I remember the first time that I turned someone down, right? Like they were like, Oh, can you come consult for me? And I was like, tell me a little bit about you. And then I was like, you know what? I can't. And it was a check too. And it was, it was not a light amount. It was probably one of the biggest gigs or whatever you want to call it that had been offered. But like, we talk a lot about our core principles today. And I just remember looking at it and being like, yeah, I don't want your money. Like I could care less. Like, (laughs) <laughs> and then naturally the clients you have that you have that rapport with it's like they want more of you and then they have friends and it's like you know we talked earlier you know did you find your tribe um humans were designed to have a tribe you know we look back if if you study anthropology at all there's some really good books on um, the hunter gatherers guide is one of them and you know we talk about the power of connection the tribe and at night, you know, we, we bonded together over a fire because we were afraid of tigers and stuff. And it's no different in today's world to, to have that tribe. And that tribe also applies like your core clients. And remember when, um, oh gosh, was it Neil Strauss was super popular and it was game recognizes game. <laughs> kind of the same logic of like, you know, when you know who you are, other people are attracted to it and then don't fight for that circle or like keep that circle don't change it because um, something beautiful is happening and sometimes it just takes a little longer to manifest but when you know who it is don't don't change it's beautiful and, it, and it's a great um ending to this but i also want to let you know like when you're at a good state to say no to people because you're so you know if they're going to be a good client or if they're going to be a good employee or a good friend, that gut is never wrong. I, I mean, I love using that gut check to say, do you really want to work with this person? How do you, how were the first initial interactions? What were the conversations like? Were they like really, really getting you? Did they really connect? Because you can tell after thousands of conversations and uh, interactions with many, many walks of lives, right? So it takes practice. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes years and years of talking to people, knowing your root cause, core values, understanding, running businesses, working with people. But when you kind of know, you know, if that yeah. makes sense, Caitlin. Yeah, trust the gut. And it's, it's such an interesting thing. We do a meditation um, we call it their higher self meditation. Some people call it source. Some people call it God. Some people call it their gut, which isn't at all the same anyways. 
Um, and you get executives used to checking their gut because so many times when you look at your business and there's this study done, oh gosh, who was it by? It was um, Malcolm Gladwell, Blink, Blink. That was the book, go buy it. Um, and he basically talked about like how the gut forms ideas and you know, you just know. And so many times executives aren't in tune with it. And then they're like, what's happening? Why are these decisions? And then the world's happening to them instead of for them. And it's a fascinating way to look at life. And every time I haven't trusted my gut, I've been burned. <laughs> you know. So I guess maybe the takeaway for this episode has nothing to do with values uh, and everything to do with um, trust your gut, y'all. Like, <laughs> No, but it's true. You formed a board of directors, which are people that know you better than you believe you know yourself, right? So if you're in alignment and you've started forming a company or team or management team or whatever, and they kind of know who you are, the one question I always tell my team, my management team is, if you were the owner and you're in my position, what would you do? Yeah, And that answers it. And if they can do what they do and not ask me, then it's like their business and they're going to run it the way they do. And I trust their gut because I need them to really learn these, you know, skill sets that I've kind of been harvesting on them, pushing up. So it's like learning, right? That evolution to step away from the business, to really enhance other people's individuality, to serve them better in life as well. So as you grow and evolve, you got to also help the people below you and above you to learn insights from. So I love that. So what's, I know this has been a great conversation, Kaylin. Um, is there any final words that you would love to share with some of the listeners that are starting thinking of running a business, have been in business for a couple of years uh, to make them the, you know, take, make them more successful than they already are? I love that question. Um, I used to always you know, um, you know what? No, I'm going to end the same way I usually do. Uh, it's the opening quote in my book, and it's by Maya Angelou, not me. And uh, it says, you know, a bird sitting on a branch is never afraid of the branch breaking because its trust is not on the branch, but in her own wings. Amazing. So yeah. you got to spread those wings. You got to keep trying, growing, learning. I mean, and that guy, I love that. I mean, this was a great conversation, Kaylin. So I know I'm going to share some of the links and things that you mentioned, but if you don't mind sharing with the listeners, where can they check you out, reach out to you if they have any questions and check out your courses and mastermind? Yeah. So everything, guys, is on misskaylin.com, M-I-S-S-K-L-Y-N.com. Um, but, or if you want, just do what my fiance did type in K O Y Google's going to fill in the rest. Uh, the website is getting some updates. So if you, uh, just put your information on the contact forms, um, we get, we reach out to you right away, but, uh, based on the day you look, it'll look different than the day before. <laughs> no, I'm going to definitely have those links on the show notes. It's been a lot of fun. I'm ultra grateful for this opportunity to speak with uh, established author as well as going through so much in your life. Um, I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Kaylin. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me. And I, I, you know, honestly, like 
I don't know where you're at with your fam, but um, you know, thank them for sharing all the tools that they gave you because your story was beautiful. So I feel like we grew. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate it. Thank you again. You have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the business sphere and share this episode. Tune in next week for more interviews from entrepreneurs.